Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fat Loss Simplified Podcast, where we teach you why things that you've tried in the past probably haven't worked for you and how you can go about losing 20 or more pounds of fat, healing your relationship with food, which is key, right? Because a lot of the diet culture nonsense that exists out there actually encourages a bad relationship with food, which in turn makes fat loss almost impossible. And so you can lose 20 pounds of fat, heal your relationship with food, and be proud of what you see in the mirror without obsessing over food choices, spending endless hours in the gym, or giving up your social life. And one of the other things in there that is key is not having to obsess over food choices. There's a lot of people out there that spend a lot of time anguishing over what things are ideal, what things are not, counting macros, which we do count macros here at Holistic Habits Coaching, but it's done in a way that's flexible and works for you. There's some programs out there that encourage a negative relationship with food by making you feel like a failure if you don't hit certain numbers perfectly. Uh, there's one company I'm thinking of that gives you a percentage grade and gives you a pass or fail, which really does promote a on-again, off-again mindset, which in the long run makes fat loss pretty much impossible. But I'm glad you're here. That was kind of a little bit of a rant there at the beginning, but I'm glad that you're here. And today's a little bit of a special episode. It's special in two ways. One, it's special because we're rebranding the podcast and we are calling it Fat Loss Simplified, whereas before we were going under the name The Liberation League podcast. And the reason for this change is because it really goes along with our values more than the Liberation League. The Liberation League was kind of geared towards helping people understand how they could be liberated from fad diet culture. However, we produced about 13 episodes of that, and it just felt misaligned. It didn't feel right for us. And really what our goal is, is not to cast shade on companies or things and that kind of thing. That's not really the platform that we want to have. The platform that we want to have is one of empowerment and giving people the ability to understand that fat loss is not as difficult as it often is made out to be. And it's well within your grasp. And we want to empower people to be able to reach their fat loss goals so that they can be proud of what they see in the mirror, they can have the energy to play with their kids, and they can be a great example of having a positive food relationship to those that they love around them. It's also a special episode in that I recently asked my email list what things I could get them for Christmas. This is going to be going out on the podcast at the beginning of January, and I asked them what they wanted for Christmas because I wanted to be able to give them special early access to whatever I created next. I also asked them because I really value the people that are on my email list. If you're on my email list, you open up my emails, you read them. I really put a lot of energy, time, and thought into those because they're used as a tool for you to be able to self-reflect and see why you are not maybe seeing the results that you want to see. And once you take those things and self-reflect that you're able to correct course and be able to see the results that you want to see. 
Um, and so I really value the people that are on my email list. And if I was going to create something, whatever the next thing I created, I wanted it to be something that they wanted. I wanted it to be something that was valuable for them. Now, if that leaves you thinking, hey, I'm not really interested in the topic that you're talking about today. And so I have another question. If that leaves you thinking that, well, now you know that the first people I consider whenever I create new content, new things, is the feedback that I get from people on my email list. And so if you want resources like this tailor-made to your questions, go ahead and email me at resources at holistichabits.fit. Now, this podcast is also going to be published in two different places, and I get it. You might not be listening in a place where you can send me an email right now. And so I'm going to put a link in the description below this podcast in the show notes. I'm also going to put a link in the description below the YouTube video when, when that goes out so that you guys can have easy access to go back and reference where you can send a question that I can then either answer on the podcast or here on YouTube. And this is going out to both places as well. Um, and so the, the question that we're going to, or the topic that we're going to dive into today is carb cycling. Because again, somebody on my email list asked for this resource to be made. Um, they had a question about how to do it correctly. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to create this resource for them because again, I value the relationship that I have with them. Uh, carb cycling. So first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about what my opinion on carb cycling is. Um, carb cycling can be a valuable tool, but it is most often used for stage athletes. They're the ones that put a heavy emphasis on it. And that's not to say that it can't be utilized by everyone else, because I think that it has tremendous value for everyone else as well. But just understanding the context of kind of where it comes from and how we can utilize it to reach our goals more efficiently, better, and faster, because that's really what we want, right? We want to be able to see the results in the mirror, and we want to be able to see them as quickly as possible. That kind of goes without saying for most of us. But carb cycling really has its roots in the bodybuilding world and stage presentation athletes. And it's a way for them to reduce their calories and whenever you reduce your calories, you know, carbohydrates are an interesting thing um, that the second half of that word is hydrate. And that refers to water, right? Carbohydrates literally help your body, specifically your muscles, to retain fluid so that they can perform. And the reason why stage athletes, bodybuilders, for example, will use carb cycling is because when they reduce their calories, they will reduce their calories from carbs. Reason for this is because protein and fats have more value when it comes to our bodily functions. Protein is the most important. It's literally the foundation, the building block of a healthy diet. And then there's fat. Fat is super important because it is the building block of our hormonal function. And so we want to make sure that we're having sufficient fats as well as sufficient protein. And so whenever a stage athlete will try to reduce their calories so that they can cut down on their fat, cut down on their weight so that they can be stage presentation ready, they will reduce their carbs in order to put themselves into a calorie deficit. 
However, they can get discouraged like the rest of us, right? They can get discouraged when they look in the mirror and they look off. They look a little flat. And that goes back to what I mentioned before in that the second half of the word is hydrate, carbohydrate. And the reason that they look flat is because they are reducing their, their carbs, which means that their muscles are retaining less water, which means that their muscles appear flatter. Now, it's not that they're literally losing muscle, but when it comes to dieting, when it comes to bodybuilding, in that world, all of us have to admit that there is a psychological component to dieting, whether your goal is to be stage ready. And the only reason I mention stage ready athletes is because that's where carb cycling, carb cycling, excuse me, kind of has its roots. But it is valuable for the rest of us as well. And it's good to understand that because when you look in the mirror, when you're reducing your carbs, there will be times when you look at in the mirror and be like, man, am I losing muscle? I look flatter than usual. And that's when cycling comes into play. Because when you are reducing your carbs, you look flatter, but when you increase your carbs, you fill out a little bit more. And then you look in the mirror and you're encouraged by what you see. Oh, it's not that I'm really losing muscle. It's that I had a couple low carb days. And now that I've had a high carb day, my muscles have filled back out. And so I'm looking in the mirror and all is right with the world, right? And the reason that I mention that is because there, there really is such a psychological component to diet and exercise. And I think that that's where carb cycling has the majority of its value. And so I want to kind of go over what I believe are the pros and cons of carb cycling, and then show you an example of carb cycling. And then of course, give you a tool that I think will be valuable to you uh, in approaching carb cycling. So first, let's talk about the pros of carb cycling. Sorry, I'm also doing a little presentation. For those on the podcast, I'm doing a little presentation on YouTube as well, and my PowerPoint was not responding. But first, the pros of carb cycling. Like I mentioned before, one of the big pros is the psychological component. Now, you might be somebody that, that you're like, well, I'm not a stage athlete. And so you might be tempted to think that it doesn't have any psychological benefits for you, but it really does. And here's why, because as I mentioned before, the reason why carb cycling works is because it reduces your calories. And when it comes to fat loss, the most important component of fat loss is being in a calorie deficit. But some people just mentally struggle with being in a calorie deficit. And that's where carb cycling comes into play for the average person. If you really struggle being in a calorie deficit, then it might be helpful to vary your calories from day to day, to have some lower calorie days and some higher calorie days. Because when you're on a low calorie day and maybe you're just not enjoying it, and of course, we all know being in low calorie days, being in a calorie deficit is not usually fun. We start to feel hungry and there's other things that begin to happen and it's just not really an enjoyable experience, but some people tolerate it much better than others. And so when somebody who 
struggles to tolerate being in a calorie deficit is able to have low carb days. Those are the days that are going to be a little bit harder, but they're also able to look forward to higher carb days than those higher carb days, excuse me, those higher carb days give them a psychological reprieve from the low carb days. And so it's helpful in, in that way. It's also helpful for somebody who is looking for a performance boost. So say, for example, you are working out three times a week, which is a good goal to shoot for. You know, a lot of people will try to, you know, work out five, six, seven days a week. And that is not always beneficial for a lot of people. More is not always better. However, that is a conversation for another day. But say you're working out three times a week. And this also kind of ties into the psychology component, but you go in one of those days and when you're on a low carb diet, your performance is just not going to be the same because the preferred fuel source for your brain and for your muscles, which directly ties into your performance, of course, the preferred fuel source for those things is carbs. And if you're always in a calorie deficit and having low carbs, then it's going to affect both your mental and your physical performance. And so if you're working out three times a week, then it might be a good idea to cycle your carbs to higher carb days on those days that you work out. Of course, taking into consideration when you eat those carbs, you want it to be before your workout, but not so close to your workout where... It causes you to feel uncomfortable or bloated or have any side effects in that way. And then lastly, uh, mental clarity. And this is, again, this is individual. I say mental clarity sometimes. And the reason that I say mental clarity sometimes is because some people experience that when they eat carbs, that they lose some mental sharpness. And this is probably just due to the the insulin factor that they they're dealing with that they eat carbs they personally have a higher insulin spike than somebody else might for a variety of reasons whether it be genetics or whether it be some autoimmune issue that they're dealing with there's a variety of reasons why they might have a higher insulin response but if they're having a high insulin response then reducing their carbs can actually give them more mental clarity. And so there's some people that actually prefer to cycle their carbs for mental purposes, that they want to have the energy, they want to have the fluids, right? Because the carbohydrate helps your body retain water. They want to have those benefits, but they also want to be mentally sharp when they need to be. And so whenever they need to be mentally sharp, they will reduce their carbs on the days where they're looking for mental sharpness. And so those are some great benefits that a lot of people can take advantage of. And the benefits are mainly psychological uh, when it comes to the way you look in the mirror, as well as to the performance boost that you experience while in the gym. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the cons. The cons are, again, individual. They depend on how you respond both psychologically as well as physiologically. But one of the big cons is the restrict binge cycle. So somebody who's really trying to be aggressive, right? 
and this is good to recognize that extremes are never really a good thing. It's never really a good thing to be extreme on your diet. You want to kind of, when it comes to dieting, do the least amount that still elicits change and progress. What is the smallest amount of calorie deficit that I can be in and still lose fat? Because that's going to be the most sustainable path. But the con here is, is that some people will restrict so low on their carbs on some days that when they have the higher carb days, they will tend to overeat and binge. And if you recognize that pattern in your life, then carb cycling might not be ideal for you. Uh, this also could lead to obsessive food tracking. And people sometimes want to be so perfect on their numbers that they become obsessive about their food tracking. Now, food tracking is super valuable. Whenever I have a client first start on with me, I do have them track their food. But the reason is not to be obsessive. It is to learn. It is to learn the makeup of food, how much protein, fats, and carbs are actually in the food that I'm eating, and how can I learn about my food so that I can actually become more and more flexible with my food over time? Because since I've gone through the educational process, right, I now know what's in my food and I can eat it intuitively. A lot of people want to jump straight to intuitive eating, um, but it is important to go through tracking and the learning process. But again, that is a topic for another day. But some people... When they have low carb days, they just want to be so perfect with that number. Or they have higher carb days, they want to be so perfect with that number. And that can lead to obsessive food behavior. And that's not what we want. We want to have a healthy, positive relationship with food. And lastly, this isn't really a con. It's just something to point out. That there's absolutely no evidence to support that carb cycling is superior to a consistent carb intake. So when it comes to fat loss, it doesn't really make a difference whether or not you are eating the same amount of carbs every day or you're eating different amounts of carbs every day so long as spread over a long time period, right? You're in a calorie deficit. So that could be a little confusing. So let's go ahead and take a... Uh, a look at kind of a case study. So let's take a look at these two systems, right? Now, for those on YouTube, I'm putting up these numbers. Don't take these numbers and use them. These are make-believe numbers from make-believe person, right? This is just to give an example of what carb cycling might look like. But on this make-believe individual, their protein is 130 grams, their fat, is 70, their carbs are 212, and their calories are for a total of 1998. I'm going to be honest with you, the reason that the calories are 1998 is because I didn't want to have to do like half a gram of carbs. And this goes back to obsessive food behavior, right? I'm not going to obsess over, you know, those two calories, um, getting to 2000 or getting to some other number. That's, that's where the calories lie with protein, fats, and carbs. If those were my numbers on this make-believe person, and that's just how it works. Um, protein is four grams, or I'm sorry, four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram, and carbs are four calories per gram. So if you have 130, 70, and 212 uh, for the protein, fats, and carbs, that equals 1998. Now, if 
we were eating the same exact thing every single day. 130 grams of protein, 70 grams of fats, 212 grams of carbs, and 1998 calories per day. And we do that all throughout the week. That's an example of a consistent calorie deficit. Whereas with carb cycling, it would be the same amount of proteins and fats, but we're putting ourselves in more of a calorie deficit on certain days than we are on others when it comes to our carbs. So let's take, for example, in uh, an example that I'm giving that on Sunday, it's more of a relaxed day. It's more of a chill day. We don't work out on Sunday, or at least I don't. You are free to. But Sunday is kind of more a relaxed, chill day for me. And so instead of eating 1998 calories, this make-believe person might eat 1698 and reduce their carbs on that day. Whereas on Monday, this make-believe person might work out on that day. And so instead of eating less calories, they're going to actually eat more calories. So on Sunday, they ate 1698 calories and reduced their carbs to 137. On Monday, they're going to eat 287 grams of carbs and they're going to increase their calories to 2298 that day. The reason that they're doing it on a day that they work out is to make sure that they have sufficient energy for their workout on that day. And then they kind of cycle that way throughout the week, right? Uh, hence the carb cycling. Monday, 1698, Tuesday, 2298, or I'm sorry, Monday, 2298, Tuesday, 1698, Wednesday, 2298, Thursday, 1698, Friday, 2298, because in this example, they're working out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then on Saturday, they're eating 1998 because that's kind of a more relaxed day as well. They're not working out that day, but let's be honest, it's nice to have a little bit more wiggle room on the weekend because most people like to go to a social event or do something a little extra special, which is why, right, the lower calorie days were 1698 before because we're on purpose planning to have a little bit more calories on Saturday knowing that we enjoy that. And so that's an example of carb cycling and also an example of taking into account your preferences and lifestyle and taking into account how you can make your plan sustainable for you over the long haul. But as we can see at the end of the week, what really matters is that our overall calories is 13,986. And it doesn't matter whether or not we ate the same thing every day or we cycled our carbs. What really matters is the weekly total at the end, which is 13,986. Now, honestly, for most people, this is too low. So this is why I'm telling you, don't use this as your example. For most people, it's a good idea to build muscle so that they can eat more than 2,000 calories. But I chose 2,000 calories because that's one that's what's on the back of you know all the food labels and it's easy math, right? So I'm doing this for easy math. Again, disclaimer, this is a make-believe person. Don't take these numbers and follow them. Now, with all that being said, you might say, man, Bryce, that's a lot of numbers to keep track of. And that's why I recently started building this. And if you're on the podcast right now, I'm going to put a link to the YouTube video down in the show notes. 
And what the link is going to go to is it's going to go to this video, which is just on YouTube. However, I'm about to pull up something that I've created to begin to make your life a little bit easier. And it's going to automatically plan your meals, plan your grocery list, track your macros, and just make life overall more easy for you. This is something I started building out and that I'm going to continue to add to over time, depending on the feedback that I get from people that try it and whether or not it was valuable for them. But if you're on the podcast, the reason why I'm directing you over to YouTube is because I'm going to pull up that video and I'm going to show you how it works. And so go ahead. And if you're interested in that, go ahead and make your way over to YouTube and take a look at what we've set up. We've called it the Meal Planning Automator, tracks your carbs, plans your grocery list, and just makes life overall much more easier for you on the tracking front. So we'll see you over there. Oh, and P.S., always take a look down in the show notes below as there is links to my other social media handles. You can go and follow me other places, as well as there's probably a resource down there that'll be helpful for you.